All right. You ready? Uh, yes. special Halloween spooky podcast. I'm here with Lindsay. Yes. And um, today we have a couple of uh, interesting topics to go over. Um, Lindsay's going to go over, what did you bring to us today? Yeah, I have a couple stories um, in regards to Halloween and uh, basically kind of going over the myths and the rumors of Halloween and Halloween. Specifically, Halloween candy. <laughs> yeah, and so we're gonna so we'll go over that, and yeah. then um, I'll do the uh, the mystery of the the uh, love pass. Yes, um, with <laughs> with my extensive notes. <laughs> um, we're here with uh, three dogs, so you might hear some <laughs> some dog sounds. A little a little crazy. Some crazy barking every now and then. <laughs> we got what Jax is an Australian Shepherd. Yes, Jax is an Aussie mix. How old? How old? Six years old. He's starting to be a little grumpy old man. And then... That's we, 42. Yes. Right? 42-year-old man. And then we just got a uh, French bulldog, a uh, little Frenchie. He just turned four months old. So it's a little crazy. He's definitely way more playful than Jax. So Jax just wants <laughs> to sleep right now. And Broly, which is our, our new puppy. Yeah, Broly's just nonstop play and then yeah you brought your dog Kaya, so we have three in the house right now that are just going at it <laughs> Bro, what did we say broly's like 85 percent mouth <laughs> yes yeah when he starts panting his mouth just goes from like ear to ear <laughs> yeah that's all you hear all the, he's like is that yeah he just and then hopefully he'll <laughs> go to sleep eventually but um <clears throat> okay yeah so um and then after that, I have uh, some horror movie facts. Ooh. Um, uh, just some um, some little Easter eggs and little interesting facts about popular horror movies. Ooh, I love that. All right. So um, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, you want to, so you're, you have, is th- these are myths or facts about Halloween candy? Yeah. So I you- basically started looking into, um, you know, ever since you're young, you start hearing how, you know, you need to look at your Halloween candy because there could be knives or stuff in it and whatever um so i started looking into okay has that ever actually happened to people um because you know i'm always all about like true crime and like murder and all this stuff so and i just i mean in general it's just crazy how you know all your life you're thinking about or you're you're really you're told you know don't talk to strangers and then that one night of the year you take candy from strangers so I'm just, it's just like a whole bunch of, strangers. yeah, just a whole bunch of strangers all in one night. And it's like that one day it's okay. Um, but yeah, so I basically have just like a few instances where I have a few instances where, uh, freaking Broly. Uh, yeah. So I have a few instances where <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> oh 
my God. Sorry, go I have a few instances where these are basically, for the most part, all false. You know, the whole uh, sharp objects and, you know, killer candy or deadly candy. It's all basically just rumors. Um, there has there was one instance that was kind of true, but I'll, I'll go over all that. Um, but yeah, so there's just a few of these I can kind of go over and I can just tell little stories here. So, um, yeah, so basically a majority of these these reports, obviously, with the whole sharp objects and candy and stuff are hoaxes. And, you know, um, even if they were true, it's usually a family member or a prank or a kid or somebody, you know, where that happened. So I'm just going to tell some of the stories when it was true. And, you know, because that's probably the stories that are true is probably what sparked the rumors from going on. So um Apparently, also, just as a fun fact, I didn't know this, um, but back in the day, police officers uh, would offer to x-ray your candy bags for kids. No, they would they would have it, I guess they would have it at the police station, but it's so crazy. I never experienced that, but so it must have been before maybe the 80s or the 70s, but where the police offered to for kids to bring their bags to the police station and then they would x-ray their candy bags at the police station and be say, you know, okay, your candy bag's safe. You can take it home now. So that was just like a fun fact. So, okay, yeah. So let's just start. So back in uh, 1964, there was a woman by the name of Helen Fleel, I believe her last name was. Um, she got caught handing out inedible treats. Um, she said that she got annoyed with teenagers showing up who were too old to trick or treat. So she made these packages for them. And basically inside each package was a dog biscuit, um, steel wool pads, and arsenic-laced ant-poisoned oh. buttons. <laughs> so this is the hero of the story. Yes. Holy shit. This is in the U.S.? This is, yeah. She said, um, you know what? I don't have the where it took place, but I'm pretty sure it was in the U.S., um, she said that the, each package was marked with skull and crossbones and she told the teens it was a joke. Um, <laughs> arsenic, <but, laughs> dude. Arsenic laced ant poisoned buttons. I don't even know what that would look like. Um, but she's, but uh, no one was harmed, um, but the potential to harm was still there. So she was charged by police um, and pled guilty to, you know, quote, endangering children. Um, and she did receive a suspended sentence. You know, that means that like, if she's handing them out, that means she probably spent at least one full evening, like putting, putting them each together. one together and yes. just laughing at herself. Like, this is hilarious. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I hate like, teenagers. They're too old for this like, shit. It's not an impulsive crime. Yeah, like, no, no. That's a long drawn out, yes. like Etsy crime. And then, she, I mean, who knows? Maybe she drew the skull and cross bones <laughs> on each bag. Or like it's <laughs> actual skull and bones from like rats she's <laughs> yes. killed. Jesus just Christ. Just glued it on the bag. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. She's like, oh, my little arts and crafts Monday. <laughs> just <laughs> together. Yeah. So that was that was back in the 1964. But yeah, again, no fatalities. Um, in 1970, two days after Halloween, a five-year-old named Kevin fell into a coma and died four days after. Um, his family said he ate Halloween candy that when uh, when it was tested was sprinkled with heroin. Um, when police investigated further, though, they found that uh, Kevin only he actually just got into his uncle's heroin stash and consumed it. But to cover for the uncle, um, the family sprinkled the kids candy with heroin. Jeez, come on. Yeah. But I didn't know heroin can put you in a coma anyway. I, I mean, I'm assuming... Maybe it's just. I'm not a heroin I'd expert. Same. I'm. I'm thinking maybe it, it was just like a form of overdose in a way, and but like, 
not overdose to death, but overdose to coma and then death, I guess. Oh. I'm assuming. Um, and I mean, for a five-year-old too, that's just who it, maybe it was a very low amount compared to like adults. Um, but you know, in the 1970s, when that did happen to him and when he did fall in a coma, you know, it was reported from the media as Halloween candy that, you know, he got the heroin from. So that was basically the first story that they told and they didn't update that. So they didn't say an update, you know, a week later, the media didn't put an update week later saying, oh, actually it wasn't the candy. It was this. So people, you know, just kind of ran with that if they didn't hear any updates. Um, in 1990, a seven-year-old girl named Ariel in Santa Monica um, died on Halloween on October 31st while trick-or-treating. And when she did, police feared that there was a mass poisoning. They immediately conducted a door-to-door search on that street that she was trick-or-treating on. Um, they took all the kids' candy and blocked the street. They questioned people for several hours, interviewed residents. Um, and it turns out, unfortunately, she died from a congenital heart failure. <laughs> that was really sad. There's a few of these. The next few of them have all been kind of natural causes, which is just sad. Uh, 1991, Washington, D.C., 31-year-old Kevin uh, Michael Cherry died shortly after eating his kids' Halloween candy. Um, of course, parents lost their shit, dumped all kids' candy, but later autopsy determined he also died from congenital heart failure. 1996, seven-year-old Ferdinand in San Jose, California, collapsed on Halloween after eating the candy and cookies he was given while trick-or-treating. Um, urine analysis at the hospital showed traces of cocaine in his system. So people lost their shit again, threw away all the candy, but then they did a second urinalysis, um, a second urine test, and it actually came back negative for cocaine. So the first one was somehow wrong. Um, and later found out he also died of natural causes as well. And he was seven. Um, 2000, James Joseph Smith in Minneapolis, <laughs> he um, stuck needles in snicker bars he handed out to trick-or-treaters. Uh, James Smith two th- in 2000 stuck needles in Snickers bars that he handed out to trick-or-treaters. Several children bit into the candy bar, but only one teen- teenager was pricked bad. Um, police charged him with one account adultering, adulterating a substance with intent to cause harm or illness. So that was a, a little weird one. Um, again in 2000 in a place called Hercules, California, which I didn't know that was a place. Um, trick-or-treaters come home and realize their candy bars are done up like little packages. And they, they, this is so good. They ask their parents, um, why there's oregano in these little packages. And, um, apparently these small, basically small packs of pot (laughs) that were tied up in Snickers packages. So, you know, those like little square mini Snickers bars, the fun size, yeah, the fun size, they basically tore that open. And then inside was like little packages of weed. (laughs) Like basically Dude, you, pot. In, this is two thousand. This is in two thousand. You know how much money that is? Yeah. In two thousand, it's it's le- more or less legalized in a place now. Yeah. So, but like in two thousand. Yes. Dude, that's. And so, uh, so they go to police. Police find out, you know, what house that the, those Snickers came from. Um, so they went to the the house. The homeowner was super confused and actually legit didn't know what was going on, and police believed him. And apparently this dude worked at uh, what's called a dead letter office at the local post office. So basically he found a bag of miniature Snickers along with canned food. um, And the post office told him to take everything to a local charity. But he was like, oh, it's Halloween coming up. I'll just keep the candy and I'll just pass it out for Halloween. So he took the bag of Snickers from the post office that like, you know, wasn't able to ship or couldn't get shipped or whatever. (laughs) And he, and he, you know, 
started handing out for Halloween. So apparently this candy was definitely probably someone's like attempt to smuggle drugs in the mail, but failed attempt. And then he ended up handing them out to kids. <laughs> just a little mules. Yeah. Just little wow. tiny mules. Just like walking around with this pot. <laughs> it's, uh, it's probably, it was like high grade. Yeah. Just amazing kush. Yeah. <laughs> These and they're like, and then they're like, Dave, what happened to my Snickers? And he's like, man, I sent it in the mail. I don't know what it was supposed to be delivered three days ago. What happened? And they see in the news reports like 400 kids super happy for five hours. Just want Doritos. Just want Doritos. They're like taking chips off the shelves in the grocery yeah. store. Like we're out of Doritos now. I don't know what happened. Um, so yeah, so those are just like a few little mini stories I found that were basically, you know, probably where these rumors got started of Halloween candy being like poisoned or dangerous or something for kids nowadays to check their candy is probably from all these little stories. Um, the very last story I have is basically the real deal. Um, so October 31st, 1974, a man by the name of Ronald Mark O'Brien took his two kids, Timothy and Elizabeth, trick-or-treating in Texas. Um, and they went trick-or-treating with their neighbor and, the, and their neighbor's kids. Um, so they're trick-or-treating. They stopped at a house. No one answered. So when they all started to leave, Ronald said, you know, what? I'm just going to try the house again. I'll catch up with you guys. So when he finally caught up with them, he said that the house actually answered the door finally um, and gave him these pixie sticks. So he had five pixie sticks, um, 21 inches long each, and he gave one to each of his kids, so it's two. He gave one to each of the neighbor's kids, another two. Um, and as they're going home, they see a kid from church, and he gives that kid from church the last one. So that's five. Um, before bed that night, his uh, eight-year-old son, Timothy, asks if he could eat some of the candy that he collected, um, and you know he picks that he, he wants to eat the pixie stick first. He has a little trouble opening it, so his dad helps him open it, um, and Timothy starts eating it, and then he says it tastes really bitter. So um, the dad, Ronald, gives him some Kool-Aid to wash down the taste, and then as soon as he does that, Timothy immediately complains that his stomach hurts. He goes to the bathroom, he starts vomiting, convulsing, and then he goes limp. Um, the, his dad, Ronald, calls the, you know, the police, and they get him to the hospital, but unfortunately, Timothy dies on the way to the hospital less than one hour um, after consuming the, the pixie stick. So after that happens, the community, they just go apeshit. They bring candy to the police. Um, police originally don't suspect that Ronald did anything um, until Timothy's autopsy comes back. And it shows that the pixie stick was laced with a fatal dose of potassium cyanide. So police go back. They track down the other four pixie sticks. And thank God no other kids ate them. Um, the two neighbors, that uh, kids that had the pixie sticks didn't. You know, the other daughter, Elizabeth, didn't eat hers. Um, when they go to the kid from church's house, he was 10 years old. Um, they couldn't actually, originally, they couldn't find the pixie stick in his candy bag. And the parents are freaking out. They run upstairs um, to his kid's room and they see the kid sleeping in his bed holding the pixie stick oh my god dear. so he had tried actually tried to open it but he couldn't open it and he fell asleep with it like in his hand i just can't imagine like being a parent Jesus. and running up there like how he was so he could have been so close to dying and if he ate if he got it open and ate it it's insane um so all five pixie uh pixie sticks had been opened um by you know by the police and the top two inches of the pixie sticks 
had been refilled with cyanide powder and then resealed with staples. Um, the pathologist who tested the stick stated that the candy consumed by Timothy um, contained enough cyanide to kill two adults. And the other sticks that um, contained uh, the cyanide contained an amount to kill up to three to four adults in those. So um, uh, when the police investigated Ronald, the dad, um, they learned that he was basically super in debt. He was a hundred um a hundred thousand dollars in debt he had a history of being unable to hold down a job um you know he couldn't keep job he had like his uh what is it called like house foreclosed like all these things basically piled up um and his debt a hundred thousand dollars back then um because this was back in 1974 um i looked it up and that's basically like 556 thousand in today's money with inflation yeah yeah um, so, and you know, his car was about to be repossessed, repossessed, home foreclosed, all this stuff. Um, come to find out he of course t- had taken out a life insurance policies on both of his children up to $60,000, um, on each kid. So they immediately suspect him because, you know, when yeah, that happens, yeah. they want to, of course, of course. Yeah. So, um, at the trial, you know, he maintained his innocence. He said, his defense was saying there have been decades of history on mad poisoners on Halloween and it must have been some crazy dude. Basically just like, sure, all like all the stuff I just read to you in the last five minutes that were, <laughs> like, were definitely fake. So he has uh, uh, no credibility there. Um, he was uh, thankfully convicted of the murder of his son, Timothy, um, May 1975 and given the death sentence. And he was executed by lethal injection on March 31st, 1984. Yeah. And yeah, so that's like the one main story that I, that I found uh, that was like actually true about the Halloween candy stuff. Uh, And and just looking it up, uh, potassium cyanide, Uh it's a highly toxic chemical asphyxiant that interferes with the body's ability to use oxygen. Exposure to potassium cyanide can be rapidly rapidly fatal. Uh, It has a whole body systemic effect particularly affecting those organ systems most sensitive to low oxygen levels. The central nervous system, like the brain, the cardiovascular system, the heart and blood vessels, and the pulmonary system, your lungs. So everything. Oh my God. I wonder, it, it just shuts all those down. It's definitely not available to obviously get over the counter, right? Yeah, like no, I wonder no. where he got you that from. You have to make it. Like you or have to make it? Ugh. Yeah, it just, can be used to yeah. contaminate air, water, food, agriculture. Yeah, and I think t- I didn't. Oh yeah, Timothy was eight too, which is so sad. Eight year old, and that's your own kid, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm super broke. I'm gonna take out this life insurance policy on my eight year old son yeah. and then kill him." But then try to make it like uh, it was a Halloween. I mean, ugh, so stupid. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you know, I'm not a master killer or anything, but like. You don't do that when you take a life insurance out on somebody. Like that's the first red flag. Yes. You like, you, and there's so many murders and stuff and stories. Where like the wife it does it, that. and then the husband dies like six weeks later. Like, hmm. hmm. Like I wonder. Oh, who, are you... who cut the brake line of the car? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Oh man. Like yeah. yeah, and then like for your own son. Like okay, let's say he got away with it, right? Yeah. Let's say okay, so. He had two kids, right? Yeah, was, he had a daughter. The other one was the daughter. And they both died. And he So he gets $120,000. Okay. So then let's say he gets $120,000. He clears his debts. Dude, are you telling me <laughs> that now you're happy? Yeah. How like, could okay, you keep cool. living? Yeah. Like, what do you... Okay, so your kids are dead. You have to go to two funerals now of your own kids. 
Yes. And then you get the money. Let's say somehow you don't think about the fact that this is in their names and everything. Yeah. And then you pay off, let's say you pay off whatever debts. First of all, at best, you break even. Right. Or actually, no, it was, it was well, 500000 right, right? Yeah, well, in today's money. But back then, he was $100,000 in debt. Okay. Okay, so he would he would have had like six hundred thousand, right? Over. But it maybe maybe because he probably had other bills or you know. So let's just say he breaks even. Too. Yeah. So, he, so so the best scenario is he's back to square one, normal. Yes. yes. Except you've murdered your two children for the rest of your life. Yeah. Like you're okay with that? Yeah, I don't know what. So like thinking. that's so let's say a month down the line. What are you gonna do, Bob or whatever his name was? <laughs> yeah, Ronald. Ron- even worse. <laughs> Okay, Mr. McDonald, what are you gonna do? Open up a burger shop? Um, yeah, like, what, like you have. I don't know, man. I don't know. There, it's like, crazy. It, There's cr- so many stories. Crimes like that. of passion. I can understand the short sightedness right. because because you're not thinking, right? You know, it's like uh, it's just you, you come home and impulse. your spouse is cheating on you, and you just impulse. get to get the shotgun and you whatever. Like, yeah. I'm not saying that's the best way to handle it. You know, it's in the top five. <laughs> but like, um, but like, I, I I can connect. The, I understand why the person he or she right. did what they did. But like the long, like dude, okay, he oh, had to obtain the potassium, right? Yes, yes. And then he had to think of a delivery system. He had to wait for the holiday. <laughs> then he had to prep the. He had to be like, okay, well, which candy does this work best in? Okay, pick yeah. second, hide it in there. Then he had to put it in. He made five of them. And yes. then this, like, this was, this was a thing. Dude. Yeah. And then plan out, oh, uh, go on ahead. I'm going to wait at this house and then get them out and then go and, you know, act out like, oh, I found these and yeah. here you go. And, and then he obviously, he was, yeah. when he got the life insurance, he was thinking about it. Like, right. dude, yes. you, this is, this is a, one of what I was saying before. Like, I'm okay with the death penalty because uh, yeah, for there's sure. no fixing Same. that. The, yeah. This was something he planned months ahead and he clearly would have been okay with it months after, like, that's not someone you want in society dating another woman, maybe having another kid. God knows what happens down the line. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, totally. Who else, like, no, dude, you you cut the cancer out. It's just... Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, that shit. That's crazy, man. Yeah. And that's a... Oh, that's poison, a da, da, poison Halloween candy. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna go out there and gonna, get go trick or treat. Yeah, back. there was just all it was was natural causes, uh, accidental pot smuggling, and then one weirdo <laughs> that wanted to murder his children. <laughs> Otherwise, your Halloween candy is safe this year. <laughs> <laughs> and if not, get them X-rayed. Get them X-rayed at the police at your station. local police station. <laughs> I wonder if you could at least maybe put them through a metal detector. Oh, but then the pot probably wouldn't go off. So you, yeah, but yeah. you would see that in the X-ray. That's why they do that. Yeah, who knows? I don't, I don't know. know. I, just, I don't even know what you would find. I don't know. You wouldn't see the potassium in the pixie sticks. <laughs> that's it would true. look exactly just the like same. Just like a pixie stick. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. I get, or maybe you would see the staples on the pixie stick, though. That's true. They were like yeah, reopened. Yeah. yeah. But people nowadays probably have better ways of seeing. Your candy is safe this year. Let's not think about ways. I mean, you could just in the pack, like you get a needle and inject like a candy bar through the wrapper. Oh. You wouldn't see the tiny, 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 tiny hole. Tiny hole. Yeah. Happy Halloween! Safe. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone just starts turning off their porch lights. We're not home. No one's home. No one's Dude, home. Dude, no one trick or treats anymore. No one trick or treats. No one trick or treats. No, actually, Alberto's uh, niece and nephew are coming to visit this weekend, and I've literally had to Google 
places to trick or treat or things to do. And it's just people, you have to find those like free events where the you trunk can or trick treats. or treat. Yeah. The trunk or treat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. so sad. I mean, I obviously I get it because it's a different world now, but yeah, I miss, I miss being a kid and then yeah. like starting around like six or seven, you start hearing all the kids like laughing or whatever. And then at oh night God, you're running around nice. and then like you'd see your friends from school like, what's up dad? And then they trade candy and shit. Okay. okay. And then like by the end of the night, you've gained like eight or nine <laughs> of your friends and then you're just swarming. And then you're like, oh, which house has the whole Snicker bar? Oh, let's yeah, all go down. Third house down. Yeah, shit. And then you would just hang out with your friends, just running at, at night oh or whatever. God, yeah. And then like- Some people had like glow in the dark stuff and you could like see them from uh-huh. afar. Yeah, and then it would just be kids laughing and running and, and doing whatever. And then of course, you would just hear your parents just always like, hold on. Wait a minute. Don't Come run. In. Don't run. And then, stop at the stops. And then at some point, the parents just collect themselves. They're like, yeah, so what's Daniel? Oh, <laughs> oh he's Batman? Oh, okay. What's Timothy? Oh, that's crazy. Like, they just yeah. they just know. They just wait, and they oh. just wait for the kids. Dude, that's how it used as, to be, As dude. soon as you said when it hits 7, eight and, seven o'clock or 8 o'clock. One eight, by one. And you just start hearing it get, like, louder and louder outside. That hit me in my, like, back of the brain. The dopamine. Nostalgia. Yes, I just... I forgot about that aspect of halloween because I, I do remember you know getting getting together and you start seeing people and say hi and whatnot but that specific part is such like a low-key memory of halloween is when it starts getting louder so you start hearing people come by and trick-or-treating or and then sometimes oh. you would hear like the air horn in the distance of like someone's haunted house like Oh, yes. Like, oh, where's that? And then at nighttime, you'd see like the flashing of the strobe lights, maybe like yeah. from blocks away. And you, you just hear like smoke. see people like scream run down the driveway. And you're like, that's a dope house. Yeah, let's let's go, go to that one. Yeah. And there's always like two or three houses in the neighborhood that someone set up just this big elaborate whatever. Yes. Um, oh, man. Yeah. And then, yes. but ever now and then, there's like, you can keep your light on, you'll get like three kids all night. Yeah. Trick or well, trick. not zero now because of the pandemic. Yeah. But. Well, yeah, last, uh, the year before, so not last year, but the year before, um, when I first moved into this apartment, it's like a, you know, condo, there's, you have to obviously get, go upstairs to get to my door. But yeah, I, this is the first time I lived in this area. So I thought, I don't know if there'll be trick or treaters, but I'll have candy just in case. And, you know, I decorate for Halloween. So there's orange lights outside and whatever. And I had my porch light on, but not a single person, which I, I expected because it's obviously apartments and it's weird and you have to go upstairs. But I was like, just in case. And yeah, not a single person. So yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to get candy this year or anything because, yeah, yeah, pandemic and people and. It's just like, yeah, it's not a thing anymore. People, People just, just want to. Tr- they just trust each other less and less. Yes, and yeah, they just want to take their kids. Even to even Christmas lights, like I know, it's like people favorite. don't do Christmas lights anymore. I know, and you know what? It's so sad because except Christmas, is my d- there's favorite. always one fucking house. Yeah, that, that'll be my house when I get a house. <laughs> yeah, they have like a four million dollar light bill every week. Yeah, well, well, you know those neighborhoods, they do that. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, Candy Cane Lane or whatever. Yeah. I've heard a rumor. Obviously, I've never lived in <laughs> that, myth. that neighborhood. But uh, yeah, I've heard a rumor that to live in that neighborhood, you have to sign a contract that says you'll participate every year for Christmas to, you know, to put lights up and decorate. That's a, yeah. You have to. I mean, that's. I don't part know if that's of, illegal, but that would be hilarious. Yeah, too. I mean, like I said, it's just a rumor, so I don't know if it's true. But I mean, it makes sense though because people know that area, know that neighborhood as you know the candy cane lane, so they have to, yeah. you know, decorate and they have to make it. A th- it's almost like I don't know if you lived in a, yeah, like some kind of neighborhood where they put on stuff like every year. Mm-hmm. You're like you have to if you're gonna live there, you have to 
like it, I guess. Yeah. When I lived in Oregon, um, they had a, there was one, you you know how like neighborhoods have like an upper class and a, and a middle class area. Okay. Uh, there is, it, it's like this upper class place where all the houses are like two, three stories. There's columns by the front door. Oh, like, okay. Gosh. So it's called, I think it was Cherry Street. I think it was called Cherry Street. Um, and it's just these, I don't want to say mansions, but just big fucking houses, dude. Like mm-hmm. five bedroom, three, right? Big ass houses, huge lawns. And uh, on Christmas, the entire block is just this they just all light up with their own music and snow and decorations and people are dressed up. It's, it's like going to a magical... I, did, I was like... Uh, it's like you're at the North Pole. Yeah, yeah. My <laughs> girlfriend and, and their daughter were like, well, we're going to go to Cherry Lane and, or, or whatever. I'm like, okay, is that like a song? What, what are you talking about? What is Cherry Lane? They're like, okay. So then... We went there and, and like we turned the corner and it was just like, I'm sure if you looked at my face, it was like one of those <laughs> Disney things of where like where the princess sees the prince for the first I was just, oh. <gasps> and like it was just that warm glow fills the car. My eyes are all huge and glittery. I was like, what? It was just this long, long, like quarter mile cul-de-sac. Yeah. And it was just every house was lit up with like reindeer and decorations and lights and there's just a ton of families just going all along it was it was like an amusement park almost yeah. and then um i mean you go during the day and it looks bizarre yeah um but uh so good. yeah yeah they, it was they don't i wonder if they're doing that now probably not i don't know but um anyway yeah people don't do halloween yeah much anymore it was a, it was a good that was a good time. I wonder if we'll ever get back to that. But no, because I feel like the I think the kids now are kids now are being raised not trick or treating, so it's so like they're not going to carry that on. Right? They're like, why? That's kind of right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think they're going to do the gonna, whole trunk or tr- or like like you said, finding isolated pockets. Yeah, of they're just going to do the whole you know because because even pumpkin patches now it's not just a pumpkin patch they have rides and food and vendors and you know it's like a whole carnival basically a little fair so i think that's probably the the route that they're gonna go it's sad but i mean it's kind of like uh fourth of july how like everybody used to do fireworks yeah and now it's just like people just go to big stadium events and then of course you have just the random houses that just I don't know what that was. And then everybody knows that one house, so they'll all just go to that house right. for a free show. Right, right, yeah, right. Totally. They have a machine gun. <laughs> no, is that a firework? No, it's just a machine gun. Just, they just shoot it in the whole the whole belt. Just, it just <laughs> it's just five continuous minutes of just shells flying in the air. Where they land, I don't know. But it's freedom. <laughs> So um, the thing I want to talk about was the Dyatlov Love Pass incident. It's uh, nine young Soviet hikers in 1959. Um, I should I should go like I should be like in January <laughs> of 1959. <laughs> so good though. Nine young Soviet hikers died under mysterious circumstances in a. Do- You'd love pass. (laughs) 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 Wait, what did I say? While trekking through, I don't know the Ural Mountains. 
Total Ural Mountains, what is now known as the Dutlov Pass Incident. Pa- pa- pass me the vodka. <laughs> I drink. Oh, the drink. Um, Sounds like the guy in the in Black Widow, the dad. I never saw that one. What? I didn't. I didn't. <sighs> but that's when you have to go to the movie theater. It's I, on Disney Plus. Okay, well I'm retarded. <laughs> I'm paying $20 <laughs> for something I didn't even know. Is it really on Disney Plus? It is on Disney Plus. Oh, I'll watch it. Actually, it is because um, uh, Scarlett Johansson is trying to sue Disney oh, God. for putting it on Disney Plus. Yeah. yeah. So in, <clears throat> in January 1959, a 23-year-old hiker named... Oh, God. Okay. So I am not Russian, so I'm going to fuck these names up bad. <laughs> okay, got it. Named Igor Alexestyovich Diotlov led a journey to, to reach the peak of Ortonian. A mountain of northern Urals and Soviet Russia. <laughs> it's so perfect, though. It's so good. The young man brought a team of eight experienced hikers. Many from <laughs> many from the Ural Polytechnical Institute, along with him for the adventure. Before he left, um, oh, gotcha. Okay, so basically, what happened was uh, these nine hikers were basically students, and they were. They were experienced uh, by mountain hikers and climbers and things like that. So they, these weren't just like kids. Uh, and they were going for, it's kind of like in Boy Scouts and Cub Scouts, how you like get badges and things oh, like yes. that. They were going for the rank three, which is the, the, the highest rank of, of mountain climbing. It's like you have to go to, um, you have to hike, you know, something that's really dangerous. You have to spend no less than eight days by yourself in the wilderness with no humans. Like So... This was this was their their trek, the nine of them, to to obtain that rank three uh, license or whatever you want to call it. So like they were rank, all of them were rank two. It's totally fine. So they were very experienced. They were these, these weren't just kids in a horror movie doing something stupid in a cabin. Yeah, like they they hiked there for a reason because they knew they could handle it and do it and finish it. Yeah. Right. Um, and before they left, uh, I read that. Um, at the very last minute, and all these kids were in their 20s, and they're young to mid-20s. But at the last second, um, they were forced to add one more uh, member. Oh, okay. And he was like a 37-year-old, like, older guy, which to this day, no one really understands why. People think he's part of the KGB, but everyone's suspicious, but they're like, that, eh, whatever, take him. Um, okay, so they added a... Uh 37 <laughs> a really old. Year old man to their 20 year old expedition got it yeah so on february 1st <clears throat> the team began to make their way through the then unnamed pass leading to or tort or torton torton oh which is this, you know place um as they pushed through the hostile climate toward the base of the mountain they were hit with snowstorms that ripped through the narrow pass decreasing visibility caused the team to lose their sense of direction and instead of moving towards orton they accidentally deviated west and found themselves at the slope of a nearby mountain. This mountain is known as Kolat Cycle, meaning dead mountain, in the language of the indigenous Mansi people of the region, which we'll come back to that in a second. <clears throat> to avoid losing altitude they had gained, or perhaps simply because the team wanted to practice camping on a mountain slope before the ascent, Yatlov is one of the guys that were there. That's what the whole okay. thing's named after. Okay. Uh, he called for camp to be made right there. It was on the solitary mountainside that all nine hikers of the Dyatlov Pass incident would meet their demise. When February 20th rolled around, 20 days later, and there was still no communication from the hikers, a search party was mounted. The volunteer rescue force that trekked through the Dyatlov Pass found the campsite, but no hikers. 
so military and police investigators were sent to determine what had happened to the missing team. When they arrived on the mountain, the investigators were not hopeful. Though the group was made up of all experienced hikers, or the route they had chosen was remarkably difficult, and accidents on these tricky mountain trails were a r- real danger. With the hikers having been gone from missing for so long, three weeks, investigators expected to find an open and shut case of a horrific accident with treacherous ground. They were only partially correct. They did find bodies, but the state the bodies were found in only raised more questions. On February 26th, the discovery of the bodies opened up the true mystery of the death of past incident that continues to this day. When investigators arrived at the campsite, the first thing they noticed was that the tent had been cut open um, from the inside and it was nearly destroyed. So basically what happened with the tent was that when they collected the tent and they sent it back to a, like it's like a type of seamstress or, or fabric or whatever. Yeah. Um, they, she told them that like um, this was cut from the inside out. <gasps> Ooh, how weird. So it's not like something like broke like in a bear or whatever. Or something. Yeah, no, like this was cut from the inside out. Um, cut, cut from the inside out. Cut from out. the inside out. And it was nearly destroyed, completely destroyed. Meanwhile, most of the team's belongings, including several pairs of shoes, had still been left there at the camp. Then they discovered eight or nine sets of footprints from the team, many of them clearly made by people either in nothing, socks, or single shoe on their feet. And they were the 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 tracks leading from the tent were very close together and calm, so they weren't running, and they were all single file. They weren't like messed up footprints. Nope. nope. It's like they were just all just calmly. Oh, wa- and in a single file. Yeah, it's like they were all calmly walking in the line, so they weren't scrambling away yeah. or whatever in all directions. They weren't like wide apart. They were just very like just kind of close together, which was weird. And the temperature at this was negative around negative thirty degrees. The tracks led to the edge of a nearby woods almost a mile away from the camp. A mile with no clothes. Yeah. No shoes, no socks. Calmly single file, and they walked a mile away from camp. They cut open the side of the tent. At the forest edge, under a large cedar tree, investigators found the remains of a small fire and the first of two dead bodies. Yuri Krivonisichenko, 23. Um and Yuri Doroshenko, 21. The temperatures of negative 22 degrees that night of their deaths, both men's bodies were found shoeless and wearing only underwear. Then they found the next three bodies, those of Dyatlov, Zaneda, who was 22, and Rustern Slobin, uh, or Slobodin, who was 23, and they died on the way back to camp from the cedar tree. Those are the bodies. Whoa. Wait, let me see. So, so it's dead and frozen. Were all bodies like full bodies, or just those two that were by the a mile away? They found they found uh, two bodies by the camp campground, um, okay. and then they found two more bodies a mile like, away. So, so, like on the um, no, the, the, these the first two bodies they found at that campsite, uh, not not the tent, but a mile away. Oh, oh, by the, the second camp weird campfire that they made. Right, okay. and then and then they found two more bodies like. It looked like they were trying to make their way back somewhere. Yeah. But it did in totally oh different directions. And above the campfire, I think it's, a, it's in these notes too. Above the campfire by the tree, there was like broken branches. They found like bits of flesh and blood like high up in the tree. What? So as if some people speculate, maybe they tried to like, someone tried to climb the tree to look for a camp or someone was trying to escape something and run and climb up a tree. But, well, why is there 
there's literal flesh in the branches in a tree. It's not like you just scraped your yeah. arm. Your skin is in a tree. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> While the circumstances were odd, investigators um, decided the cause of the death was clear at the time. That the hikers, they said, had perished from hypothermia. Their bodies showed no indication of severe external damage beyond what could inflict the cold. However, this didn't explain Doroshenko why his body was brown-purple in complexion or why he had gray foam coming from the right cheek and gray liquid coming from his mouth. Furthermore, it didn't explain why the hands of the two hikers under the cedar tree were scraped away and the branches above them were torn down with blood as if the two men had desperately been trying to seek shelter from something or someone in the tree. Meanwhile, uh, Slobodin had head injuries consistent with someone falling and hitting their head over and over and over again. And Kolomogrova had a baton-shaped bruise on her side. These two hikers as well as others found at this point were completely undressed and wearing some of each other's clothes, only supporting the idea that they fled suddenly without adequate preparation into the freezing night, despite all being experienced hikers. It wasn't until the four other bodies were found two months later that the mystery deepened even more. The remaining hikers were discovered buried under snow in a ravine with water 75 meters deeper in the woods than the cedar. A, 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 a football field more, basically. Further from the, the campfire. Yeah, deeper in the woods. Not the tent, but the campfire. Even yeah, deeper. a football field oh deeper in the woods. Now known as the Dyotlov Bastin. <laughs> and their bodies told even more gruesome stories than those of the other members. Nikolai, 23, suffered significant skull damage in the moments before his death, while Ludmilla, 20, and Simeon, 38, that was an older guy, had major chest fractures that could only have been caused by immense force comparable to that of a car crash. The most gruesome part of the Dyotlov-Bas incident, uh, Dabanina was missing her tongue, her eyes, and part of her lips, as well as facial tissue and the fragment of her skull bone. That's her body on her knees facing um, like her face is pressed against a rock her face and chest pressed against a rock what so she's kneeling yeah it's like almost like she's like resting on this yeah. waterfall that's where they found her frozen body oh my gosh um, and they also found the body of Alexander 24 in the same location but without the same kind of severe wounds you said with the same wounds without there, oh without the, without the same, same wounds, wounds. And I think in, her, I think it's her body. They found um, a mass of blood in her stomach, like where her tongue was. So she was alive when whatever happened happened, and her tongue, because she's because she swallowed whatever. And her, and her, yeah. And then one of the, uh, I think it's later here. One, one of the other hikers, they found like the knuckle was bitten off, <gasps> and that was also in his stomach. Yeah. So he bit off his own knuckle and swallowed it. Or um, <laughs> I don't know something. Uh, this second group of bodies suggested that the hikers had died in a distinctly different times because they appeared to have been making use of clothes of the people who died before them. Oh. Uh, I'm messing up these names so badly. I'm so <laughs> sorry. Uh, rip. Uh, Dubanina's foot was wrapped in a piece of... Criv- okay, K. D's foot was wrapped in a piece of K's wool pants and Z was found in D's fur coat. I'm just using the first Yeah, I love numbers. it. It's perfect. Uh, suggesting he had taken it from her after she had died, just as she had taken the clothes from K earlier. Perhaps the most mysterious of all was the clothes from both K and D showed evidence of being radioactive. What? 
do this ev- do the evidence like this even with the more bo- even with more bodies found the mystery of the boss incident only grew more baffling the soviet government closed the case quickly and gave only vague causes of death and speculated the hikers own incompetence may have caused their demise or that a natural disaster was culprit early on many soviets also suspected that the, the hikers death were a result of an ambush by a local mansi tribesmen uh, a sudden attack would account for the way the hikers fled their tents in disarray and the damage done to the second group of bodies, but that explanation fizzled quickly. The Mansi people were largely peaceful, and evidence of the Dyotlov boss didn't much support violent human conflict. For one, the damage done to the hikers' bodies exceeded the blunt force uh, trauma one human could inflict on another. So there's no way a human could do what happened with to... With the chest thing, with the, the how they said it compared to a car accident. Right. Yeah. And there's no evidence of any footprints on the mountain beyond those made of the hikers themselves. So there's no footprints of other people. Investigators then uh, thought maybe a swift violent avalanche, the sound of snow collapsing and early warning deluge coming, would have frightened the hikers out of their tents. But the physical evidence of avalanche just wasn't there because you could still see the tent. Right. One. And two... Again, they walk single file calmly. The footprints aren't like aren't a bunch of people who just go, "Oh shit!" Scared and yeah, yeah. So the avalanche. For one, if there's an avalanche, you wouldn't you wouldn't see the campsite anymore, right? Two, be covered. Yeah. Two, if they were scared of her anyway, their footprints would be in different directions, and you would see them running, not single file calmly. Yes. Whatever you know what I mean. Action. I mean, at the very least, if something happened, they would have gone back. To like, okay, let's go through the snow to get our stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's not stay out here naked. Yes. And yeah, and I mean, maybe the single file thing. Did they say if there was any kind of snowstorm? No. Nope. I mean, there was there was a snowstorm, but the snowstorm was what made them go to a different like, route. Did, oh, okay. And okay. then camp at the base of, you yeah. know what I mean? Uh, there was also the fact that when the investigators found the bodies, they noted no evidence that an avalanche had occurred at any time in the, in the region. There was no damage to the tree line, and, and searchers observed no other debris. So there's no avalanche. Uh, moreover, no avalanches have been recorded in that site before and none since. So, uh, that's, there you go. That, that's uh, Kolomogrova's body when he was removed from the snow. It's still frozen. No way. Yep. Furthermore, would the experienced hikers have made camp in a spot that was vulnerable to an avalanche? No, that's nine that's that's super experienced. Yes, that's right. They are all experienced hikers. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, to this day, all anyone has is just random ideas or, or what, what, what could have gone wrong. Um, nobody knows for sure. You know, people say, oh, an avalanche or something that scared them. But no one theory kind of covers the base of of everything. Um, right. Because there could be so many theories in regards to, you know, Sasquatch or, like you said, avalanche or... You know, some monster or a bear or whatever, but then all of that is all defeated by you. You saying about the radioactive yeah. <laughs> element to it. That is, that's it's so far left to anything that they could theorize. Yeah, and, and you that's, can't even say that so like weird. an animal attacked him because, like, what animal only eats the tongue and just the eyes? Yeah, and the just lips. a knuckle and just a li- and that's yeah. it and nothing else. Like in the snow. No, an animal would be like, this is a feast. I'm going to eat all of it because yeah. I'm not going to... You know what I mean? And even if they... Um, At that time of year? Yeah, and I've, and I've heard stories of um, cannibalism and all this stuff. So even if they were 
like somehow eating each other or something like that. I mean, the fact that you said they were alive when that, when they were doing those things and. Yeah. So basically, I, all, I mean, you, you walk up to, you say, okay, these nine kids, uh, yeah. they, they went hiking three weeks ago. Okay. Let's, let's find out what happened. You climb up, you go there campsite. Fuck. There's no one at the campsite. Okay. Well you see the tent and the whole thing's just destroyed and it's ripped out from the inside out. Okay, well, why didn't they just open it up? Okay, well, so they had to leave at some point. Oh, and they found out some some of their clothes were burned, too. It just gets weirder and weirder. Yeah, yeah. Now, the thing is, they did have a stove on the inside, so people were saying that, like, this this guy had his, like, like a self-made stove with, like, a, there's, like, a little pipe coming out, not a pipe, mm-hmm. but, like, a chimney little thing coming out. But then, like, nothing else inside there was burned. Yeah, I was going to say, did, are they thinking that it caught fire or something? Because... So it maybe get, like the one fire. guy, he caught on fire, his clothes got on fire. Then he's like, I don't have time to make it out. So he just cut open a thing and runs out. Yeah. And then once he runs out, everything collapses. So then they all go out. But then it's, so let's just take that the next step. Okay. So then we have, oh, damn it, Steve. Yeah. You're on fire. You okay, so he, snow he rose in snow. Okay. So, so now yeah. he's fine. Let's say your tent collapses. You're still going to like go back. And get your stuff out, or at least, or salvage whatever you can do. Why would all of you calmly walk single file a mile in negative twenty-two degree weather to make a campfire? Over yeah, why, there? why would why wouldn't you go back to your campsite? Why wouldn't you go back to your campsite and yeah. stay there? Or I mean, even if you can't go back to it, grab your boots and clothes, and like you know what I mean? Yeah, get fully clothed and. There's just so many theories, but there's also no theories. Yeah, That's there's there's crazy. no one theory that explains all the random stuff. Yeah, what um year did that 19, happen? 1959. 59. Yeah. And you said, I mean, I'm not a history buff, but you said something about the Soviets closed the case, so I'm sure there's some theories about that in the Cold War or something. Yeah, they they did. They were thinking about like maybe there's like maybe the hikers stumbled across like some like secret weapons. Yeah. Uh, testing site, whatever. But I mean. Again, let's take that a step further. And like th- maybe like them walking single file was like a soldier at gunpoint. Oh, okay, let's go down, whatever. Maybe. But then like, why the absolute brutal murders yeah. of all of them Maybe wh- that, wh- maybe and wh- that was... in, in different places? Why was the other people like a football field down? Why was one in the stream? Why were a couple of them? They weren't. They had no injuries. They just died. Yeah, for freezing. Why was there a campfire? What, what, if there was a military there saying we're going to kill you now, but first set up a campfire and climb a tree? But like maybe that's something that they did back then. As maybe maybe that was their way of doing separate interrogations, like in a way, if there was a soldier or Why soldiers. A and also, like I said, maybe they, they, found no, they found no footprints then... of anybody else. So maybe they like hid the footprint. Maybe they know? walked in their footprints or something. Maybe. Because, I mean, if we're going that route as far as the... the and there's no bullet wounds. Stuff. No one, Yeah. no one, you know. So that means they would have had to hold them at gunpoint until they froze to death at different times over the course of, what, a few days? Yeah. Like, or they could have just captured them and took them wherever they're going and then just... And maybe they somehow wanted to make it look just insane so no one would have any clue. But that takes so much. Like if they just disappeared, like if they just disappeared, we'd be like, well, an animal ate them. Yes. Like there would be that. We wouldn't think twice. Yeah. Whereas here we are, what, 70 years later or something like that? Yeah. Because there's, it's such a right. So like if you're a military and you want to get, 
dude, you pick up the hikers, you grab the tent, you grab everything, and you're just gone. Yeah. You're gone. You're gone. There's nothing. Yeah. That's it. I mean, if again, there's there's no um, other footprints or tire tracks or anything else. So if the military can make tire tracks and footprints disappear forever, they can make those to hikers. Yeah, like, people, you know I mean? they don't need to create a whole big scene. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So it would... It, it's, it, it, Whoa, that's crazy. Yeah. Ooh, it gives me chills. And yeah, and so until this day, they don't. There, there's theories of like something sounded like an avalanche, but it wasn't. It was just an ice shelf that fell on top of the tent, and that caused the injuries. And that's what. But then that doesn't explain that everything and the radioactiveness. And it, yes. Yeah, nothing. So many. There's there's no theory that I can think of that explains everything. No matter how you look at it. Ooh, I love it. It's so spooky. Let me see. Um, here we go. Here we go. After the group's bodies were discovered, an investigation by the Soviet authorities determined that six had died from hypothermia, while the other three had been killed by physical trauma. One victim had major skull damage. Two had severe chest trauma, and the other had a small crack in the skull. Four of the bodies were found lying in the running water in the creek, and three of those had soft tissue damage of the head and face. Two of the bodies were missing their eyes, one was missing its tongue, and one was missing its eyebrows. Eyebrows? Yeah, oh yeah, that's right, I forgot, eyebrows. That's what I'm saying, it's, it's not a wild so animal, weird. like what wolf is like, hmm eyebrows yeah sweet well and that's what, <laughs> what that's what makes me think it was some type of interrogation thing although i've never heard someone doing that with the eyebrows but it's to, to target specific parts of the thing that's i mean like i said i'm not a history and buff, the radiation was only on some of the clothes and and not the one that weird. was burnt yeah I just, oh that's so weird uh, yeah yeah, that was. Uh, so, where did yeah. you Where did you hear about that? Um, I I heard. I, you know how um, you just go on those those rabbit hole YouTube YouTube videos. Things, yes. Right? Okay. Um, and so it was just like unsolved mysteries, and I saw that years ago. And then uh, my friend talked about it on her uh, podcast, and then uh, she tweeted about it, and I, I was like, you know what? I'll talk about that online. Yeah, it's so great. It's such a great topic. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Uh, especially because. It, it's not solved. You yeah. can think of just crazy scenarios, but when something isn't solved, yeah. for some reason, even though this is this happened to nine Russians thousands of miles <laughs> away 70 years ago in the mountains, you're still kind of like, could happen to me. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> it was not solved. Yeah. We don't know what happened. Therefore, it's possible it could happen to us here in yes. Southern California. I don't know. I don't know. So Whatever monster did it, could happen to me <laughs> like you know which may, it, it doesn't make any no but when sense. something's unsolved you're like so you're telling me it's still out there yeah it's, it's you know still like alive. jack the ripper what was yeah. that in the 18 oh, what was it or the zodiac yeah so many killers yeah. who are clearly dead by now yes it's and you're like unsolved so he's out. He's in. He's in my backseat of my car. I'm going to get in my car. I'm going to go to Albertsons, and he's going to pop up. I'm going to see the rearview mirror, and I'm going to be the. I'm going. To, I'm going to be on a Netflix I'm documentary. Next. I'm next. Great, 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 great. Because it wasn't solved. Great. That's just fucking great. I love unsolved mysteries. I love them and I hate them. 
<laughs> I love the show. Hate the fact that it has to be a show. <laughs> things yeah, um, yeah. wrap this up i guess uh just a couple of facts from uh popular horror shows oh yeah that i didn't know um that's were kind of cool um in the uh the 1922 movie nosferatu um the Ca- count orlock only blinks once in the entire movie yeah. um the exorcist was the first horror film to be nominated for a best picture oscar oh. 1974 oh. It got 10 nominations. Oh, 10. Whoa. Yeah. Um, Robert England was not the first choice to play Freddy Krueger, which I didn't know. Um, it was supposed to be uh, British character actor David Warner, uh, which you probably don't know by... By name? Yeah. If you, if you look him up, just the way it sounds, David Warner, uh, W-A-R-N-E-R. He was in um, like Titanic and he was in Star Trek. Oh, okay. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah, that guy. He was he was supposed to be the original, but then he couldn't. Um, so he had a pass, and then that opened the door for the Freddy Krueger that oh. we all know. Uh, the movie Psycho uh, was the first American film to have a toilet in it. Oh, wait, what? Did not know that. What? what, what do you know what year? That, 1950s? 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 Yeah. To have a toilet in it. Yeah. So well, well, just kind of like if you watch I Love Lucy... Right, but if, if for some, this is how conservative we were in our heads. Uh, if when it goes to the bedroom, Lucy and Ricky ha- are sleeping in separate beds. <gasps> what? Yeah, if you watch, if you if you watch episodes of I Love Lucy, they sleep in separate beds because American TV. They're married. Yes, they even had a kid. Yeah. Li- I was going to say they were married in real life. No. Yeah, they're married, but the characters are married. But, they even yeah. had a kid. I think I think it was little Ricky. Yes. I think, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but they had. They were. T- they, good night. Good night. Separate beds. Yeah. Because we just couldn't be like. I don't want to think show. about them fucking. Yeah. Like what the hell, guys? Dude. Well, and also in that Christmas movie, uh, uh, White Christmas. I don't know if you ever seen oh, that. Oh, the old school one. Yes, the old school one. Yeah, um, yeah, with the BB gun. Yes. No, no, no. The um, it was a. Uh, it's like a musical one. Yeah, it's White Christmas. Oh, I'm thinking Christmas Story. Yes. Um, White Christmas has those four. I mean, Bill Crosby. Um, oh, dreaming. Yes, yes, yes. And then um, Bill Clooney's aunt, like who's like one of the girls, it has those four characters in it. And there's a scene in the beginning where Bill Crosby and then the other guy, um, they're in a dress in the dressing room. They strategically place their like I guess trunk suitcase to where the actors are saying their lines and speaking, but then as they're like undressing and putting a shirt, they're like standing behind the thing. So even though it's just like a shirt and they have an undershirt or then they have like the yeah. high-waisted pants and yeah, and I think there's like one scene where you see him in his like boxers, but it's like obviously <gasps> like, the, yeah, like the super long down to the knees and, the, and then the socks that go up. Yeah, it's obviously way old, but like they strategically placed it so you wouldn't see anything because yeah. it's like back in the day they couldn't show when, that. Um, whenever Elvis Presley would dance oh, on TV. Yes. The camera would only go from like the Waist chest up. Uh, the yeah. way. Yeah, because they didn't want to. Yes. It's, it's so crazy. So wow. Okay. So first toilet. That's, so, <laughs> I've never, <laughs> never yeah. thought of that though. That's crazy. Um, Stephen King did not like the movie, The Shining. Oh. Um, he said, I admired Stanley Kubrick for a long time, but I was deeply disappointed in the end result. Parts of the film were chilling, 
um, but others fell flat. Oh. He didn't like the casting of Jack Nicholson. Oh. Yeah. Um, in Jaws, the shark doesn't appear in, a, in, the, in the movie at all until an hour and 21 mo- one minutes into the movie. <gasps> it's just the music. That just scares you. It has you on edge. Yeah, it's just... And I watched it the other day. It, 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 it just They just zoom into divers, and the divers just blow bubbles and swim around. Wow. And then they just, like, put yeah. red well, water. It's, it's the whole unknown part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in 2015... George Romero found nine minutes of lost footage from the Night of the Living Dead. That old, the very first zombie, the, yes. the movie that created the idea of zombies. Yes. He found nine minutes, um, including the largest zombie scene in the film. Oh my. <laughs> Oops, we lost the largest what? zombie scene. Yeah. Wait, did he, is it ever, I wonder if it was ever published? I think he did, yeah. yeah um, he unearthed 16 it? millimeter work print and yeah. Wow. Oh, this is a this is one everybody knows. Uh, the Halloween sci- uh, script, um, you know Michael Myers. Everybody knows this one. Really, in the script, there was no specific mask asked for. You know, it's not like Jason where it's got the hockey mask with the blood. Yeah. So um, basically, what they just used, they just um, went to the store and bought uh, a Captain Kirk mask. You know, Captain Kirk from Star Trek, uh-huh. and they just painted it white. So the Michael Myers face in the Halloween is movies Captain Kirk? is just, it's a Captain Kirk latex mask, but just spray painted white. <gasps> I didn't know that. Oh, really? No, yeah, I just oh, didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, that's one of the most famous ones. Yeah, and oh. it's just, and you look at it and you're like, oh. And then I guess he just put like hair on it? No, that's just the hair. Or his hair? Yeah, I mean, they probably modify a little bit to be yeah, a little crazier. Yeah, a little bit crazier. But yeah. Whoa. It's, it's, it's William Shatner's face painted white. <laughs> That's basically it. I wonder if like, he's proud of that. The Babadook scared Exorcist director William Friedkin, <gasps> which weird because the Babadook was, I don't know. I didn't care. You know, like, I, I, I wasn't. Did, I wanted to beat the hell out of the, ch- of the child. Uh, I wanted oh, to give yeah. that child some uh, phosphorus cyanide or whatever <laughs> that was. Yeah, there's definitely certain child actors that aren't great. That uh, I I think it was more yeah it was more eerie and like creepy for me than anything. It it was a it was a slow burn you know kind of leading up and just kind of like Jaws when you kind of watch it and look back you're like oh all it does is just like creepy you know suspense the suspense yeah like when yeah. you're watching for the first time you're like waiting for something to happen until you finish it and you realize oh okay. But I, wait an hour and twenty one minutes for you know for something to pop up. Yeah, I I thought it was and and man, it's been so long since since I've seen it. I don't think I like the ending, but I can't remember what happens in the, the end. The one where um she keeps it as a pet. She has the worms. Remember that she puts it on the ground, and the Babadook comes and grabs it. Oh, remember that? No. Yeah. At at the end, I thought. Why am I picturing a car ride? Like her son in the car and she's driving. Is that like mid movie, and that's like the only scene that's I can a bunch remember? Times in the movie, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, <laughs> she's always that's driving. Like the opening scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's why I remember it. Um, I'll have to watch it again. Yeah, at the end, I don't think I she like, like it confronts either. it face to face, and then you see her like talking to the kid in the backyard or front yard or something, and she grabs a, like a can of worms, like earthworms, and then she goes to the base and puts it on the ground. And she has the Babadook all chained up, and then it takes the worms to eat it, and that's like her pet now. Oh, I do not remember that scene at all. I could be wrong. What? 
<laughs> and then you're like watching a fan made video. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, this is Aliens Nine. I'm sorry. Um, no, no, no. Yeah, that was. Oh, wow, okay. I'll have to watch that again. I don't. Yeah, I I remember liking it, and then you know. I think it was one of those movies where there's different theories about it. So then I started not to like it because of people's theories, but I'll have to watch it again. Interesting though, that's, that's what it scared her. The stars of Blair Witch Project. Oh, yes. Uh, use GPS trackers to find their instructors for the day. Uh, production programmed wait points in the GPS unit for Blair Witch Project's three actors and located milk to locate milk crates with the three little plastic canisters on them. Each plastic canister contained notes on where the story was going for each actor who would not show it to the other two on paper. From that point, they were free to improvise whatever dialogue and provide them with the general instructions given to them. Oh, my That's why the movie feels God. so real. Because basically, they the three actors would be like, okay, let's just film whatever, and then they would each take their own little... Oh, fuck, I die here. Okay. Uh, whatever. Wow. So each of them had a different perspective on the story, and then they'd have to like act out whatever. And Was then- that a, di- a director's choice to do that? I guess, that's but it's insane. fucking brilliant. Dude. Yes. Like, that's I'm why it seems so that, natural and like yes, organic. Do, do you know if that director did any other movies? I That is the craziest uh, like way of directing and w- of making a movie yeah. I've ever heard of. It's making it feel realistic because yeah. it is. Yes. It's so real. Uh, an actual witch was hired to help make the movie The Craft more authentic. To make sure the depiction of the Wicca in the craft it was as close to real life as it could be, the filmmakers hired Pat Devon as a consultant. Devon is a member of one of the largest and oldest Wiccan religions um, in the United States, Covenant of the Goddess. And at the time, she was the first officer of the group's Southern California Local Council. Devon played a big role in the production process and at times worked directly with the actresses. Quote, a lot of my suggestions were acted upon and virtually all of my suggestions were given careful consideration, even if they didn't all end up in the final version of the film. That is crazy. So, yeah. A real witch? So, if you watch the movie The Craft, like, that's legit actual Wiccan witch yes. material and concepts. Oh, and, yeah. my. Oh, my gosh. That's so crazy. I want to watch that again. Uh, though it's never stated in the film, the demon that takes possession in The Exorcist is named Pazuzu. P-A-Z-U-Z-U. In In The Craft? In the Exorcist. Oh, in the Exorcist. It's, it's taken from the name of the King of Demons in Assyrian and Babylonian mythology. Oh, so it's a real name. Azuzu. I think it's one of those say it in the mirror three times. Like, <laughs> yeah. The ending of Psycho was spoiled months before the film's release. Despite Hitchcock's fervent and admirable attempts of keeping the project a secret, both Variety and Hollywood Reporter published very thorough spoilers regarding the Psycho plot months before the film came out. Oh my god, god. that's the, the fuck, worst. Dude? Yeah, see, that's the good and bad part about media and how they, yeah, they are so sneaky. Aww, poor Psycho. <laughs> Another sentence I never thought you'd say. Oh, poor Psycho. <laughs> poor Psycho. <laughs> Only uh, on spooky, spooky episodes. Buffalo Bill's dance in Silence of the Lambs was not in the script. Ooh. It was in the original book, um, and Ted Levine, the actor who played the serial killer, insisted that the scene be included because it helped explain the demented character better. Hered- hereditary director Ari Aster's favorite scene in the movie is that scene. You know. 
What? If you remember just one second of Hereditary, it's undoubtedly the unexpected car accident scene that sets the horrifying events of the second half in motion. Hereditary director Ari Aster is well aware of the impact that scene made on his audience, and he loved it. That's probably my favorite sequence in the film. Everything that's happening around those 15 minutes, it's probably the best sequence in the film. But uh, Well, I mean, yeah. it's a pretty brilliant scene. What's the scariest movie or one of them? Honestly... The one I can think of is The Conjuring. I mean, the whole series as a whole is great, but The Conjuring and, and Insidious are are pretty up there um, as far as the scariest movies for me that I've seen. Where Because I, I do like, I actually do love scary movies and watching scary movies, so I love being scared. Um, so it's rare for... I mean, even though they all scare me and it's good, I'm like, you know, suspense and all this stuff. I think I think it was The Conjuring that actually, like, scared me where I was kind of quiet. Like, usually, like, I get scared, scream, or, like, and laugh, giggle, and keep watching, and I'm intrigued. But I think The Conjuring, I remember I was actually legit scared. So it got you kind of paralyzed. <laughs> it kind of got me, yeah, it kind of got me a little, like, and I was just kind of, like, frozen on the couch watching it. It was a little bit more scarier than the other ones. Probably, yeah, probably The Conjuring. I don't know what it was about it. It was just told the story was told so well and like just the right amount of suspense and is that a movie you'd say where like long after you finished watching it it was still like affecting you yeah 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 i think so i i mean at least the next couple days because the couple days after or at least probably like the week after i was definitely like talking about it with other people and like i was still thinking about it you know and sometimes some other movies are you know a one and done thing but that one for sure i was talking about forever um what was yours? Paranormal Activity. Oh my um, gosh, yeah. Here's the thing. The movie by itself, it, if I just saw it by myself or under normal circumstances, I would have been like, oh, that was, that was, that was fun. That was, oh, oof, damn, yeah. that was good, right? The problem with that movie is I went to go see it with Josh, Greg, Billy, Ricky, um, I forget who else, but anyway, we were going to go see it the midnight showing. So we all went to go see the midnight showing. I, I did I too. I think Janet was with us. Uh, I, whatever. Um, yeah, we, we all went to go see it, and obviously it ends, and and you're like, oh, right? Mm-hmm. Because like gore doesn't scare me at all. Like, yeah. um, that's just gore, and it, it it irritates me when it's overdone. Yeah, and it's just too much. I'm like, yeah. ugh, it's annoying. It doesn't make a bad movie, though. Um, but in terms of, like, it's scaring me. It doesn't scare me. Um, what scares me is the idea, like, mo- monsters don't scare me, right? Like, or zombies. Demons or, and zombies. Yeah. Like, that's just fun scare and things like that. What what actually gets me is the idea of ghosts because I can't do anything about them. Same. Right? I can't like, punch like, them. If Yeah. If there's, like, a physical, like, demon or like, I, could, I could run away i could drive away i could move i could fly or i could just maybe physically confront it or you know i, I could plan around an angle or some ambush or be quiet and sneak the fuck right but a ghost conceptually you can't if if it wants to terrorize your whole life for the rest of your life you can't do anything about it there's nowhere you can go and if you die it can just make you one of them and then you're right that's the whole idea of it Yes. Um, so when we finished watching that movie, like obviously everyone left the theater. It was like 2 a.m. or whatever. And um, 
you know, we, everyone goes back home. Okay, bye, Greg. Bye, okay, oh, we drive. Oh, okay. And I'm living at Josh's house at the time. And my room is upstairs. Oh. So at two in the morning, I have to go into this house that isn't mine. I'm just living there, whatever. So I open it up. And uh, and when I went up the, because um, it, was, it wasn't my house. It was yes, Josh's house, whatever. St- so I, I, I opened it, obviously opened the door. Josh goes, good night, because he, 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 he has his room is in the garage in the back. Oh. So I'm like, night, man. So I go in this house, and it's just, it's like, it's an old Mexican's house, mm-hmm. right? So it's like just creepy, anyway. <laughs> and then it's all dark. Oh, God. And so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go up this rickety old staircase with this shaky wooden rail, in up into the darkness. And I just saw, what it's what? Oh, it's almost three thirty three a.m. Great, <laughs> great, perfect. That's fantastic. Great. So I go up. Oh my God, that's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm an adult. I'm an adult. And that's just a movie. It wasn't even... I'm going to go. I'm going to go in my room. I'm going to go in my room, which is just a room upstairs. <laughs> open my room. My computer was like still like on standby or whatever, but it still had that light. So the whole room was emanating a blue glow, oh. just like in the paranormal, like oh. how everything was all blue. Oh. And I'm like, I'm fine. I'm an adult. <laughs> That's just a movie. I'm beyond this. This is just, this is so stupid. This is dumb. I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to fall asleep. And then the sun's going to come up. I'm going to have Sarah. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Hello down. Like, all right. You're just psyching yourself out. You know, that's just so stupid. Okay. All right. Here we go. I lay down. So I lay down. And I look up. And that, in that room that I'm in, on the second floor, in the ceiling, that's where the square hole to the attic is. Oh my god! That's the because no. you know how every no. house has an, yes, an opening. No. That's where. So I'm looking up, and there's just a square, no. like thing, and I can just like imagine it going like <laughs> sliding over, no. and, and there's like like I, I'm like, we're gonna turn on all the lights. <laughs> we're gonna turn on all the lights. Well, I'm gonna play my Nintendo Wii. <laughs> And we're going to just play some Final Fantasy until the sun. That's so why I just played until sunrise. Oh, my And then God. I went to sleep. Like, okay. after the sun went up. And like, my God. It just, I'm like, no. It, yeah. No. Yeah. So, par- I agree, though. I'm pretty sure I saw Paranormal Activity also at midnight. And I think I stayed. But I think I stayed at my friend's house when I left the movie theater. And she had the same type of layout where it, there was a, I think there was a porch swing in the back. There's just something like. I think that's why the movie was kind of scary is because or scary to everybody is because there was something in their house that was in everybody's house. You know, it was so real. Yeah. The layout and, and the decor, yes, everyone's the got la- something. Yes, yeah. Something. It was just so, so natural. And of course it took, took on kind of like the Blair Witch where it, you know, so this is based off of a true event, true story. So the whole video camera aspect, it, it, it's also good. I agree. Yeah. That, that's a good one. It's something in yeah. everybody. <laughs> Like, you think that you stop being scared of the dark when you're an adult? No, everybody's still a tiny bit scared of the dark. Yeah, every now and then something, like a podcast or a movie or a book, something just flicks that raw nerve deep in your head and it just buzzes down into your core and you're like, oh, nope, I still, there's something still there. Yes. Something is still there that I I will never settle with inside. Like, I'm never going to. Yes, and I do think it's, at least for me, I feel that it's part of the watching scary movies probably for so long and all these horror movies because I still, if I walk 
to my like I turn off the light and walk to my bed. It's like from Every, from here to here. Yes, yeah, from here. Every now and then I'll get like a flash image of someone something like grabbing my ankle or some and I just hop and jump three <laughs> feet to my bed because I just think like something's gonna come get me from under the bed because as soon as you turn the light off, everything's like pitch dark and your eyes are still adjusting. So there's just there's just something in me that's like Ooh, what if there is something under your bed? I'm like, ah! and then I just jump <laughs> on my bed because I just think there's something under there. I had a thing for a while to where like I felt like whenever if it was, the room was dark and right when I turned the light on, mm-hmm. there was going to be something on the wall like <gasps> yes. about to grab my hand, oh, my like God. like around the wrist, yes. and then like I was like, up. oh, you've been here the whole time, great. Uh, you know, and you know what triggered that, dude? Yeah. Uh, that movie, Mama. Oh my! Remember the part where the mom checks the closet. Dude. And she, and 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 Mama is just like floating in the side of the closet, just like, and you're yeah. like, dude, if she turns to the right, she's fucking dead. Yes. And she's like, nothing here, closes it. Now I have to check. It's like going through a street in my closet, left, right, left. Yep. Yes. Make sure, make sure there's no mamas. Yeah, I still make sure both my closet doors are closed before I sleep yeah. because if they're cracked, what are you doing, Neil? I'm making sure my closet is mamaless. <laughs> Dude, yeah, certain certain movies so have crazy. moments that just they yeah. they get you something yes. about it, and yeah. always because even now we'll talk about those scenes. We're like, oh yeah, that still freaks me out today. Um, but yeah, thanks for talking. I got the talking about uh, yes, yeah, spooky podcast, spooky Love podcast it. for Halloween, just in time, and your uh, phosphorus Snickers. Or what, what was it? <laughs> potassium potassium cyanide. cyanide. Gotta pixie love sticks. it. Gotta love those pixie sticks. Gotta kill your kids. Freaking Ronald. <laughs> <laughs> Ronald McMurder. <laughs> McMurder. Oh God! All right. All right. Um, so this is Neil. I heard Lindsay. Yes. Happy Halloween.